Welcome everyone to the first episode of What's It To You? It's your main man, Deuce Thomas, and here we're going to be talking about some controversial sports issues. What is our opinion on them? And you can leave your opinion in the comments, or you're welcome to join me on the show at a point in time. We can set that up. First thing we're going to talk about today, the Houston-Oklahoma game last night. One player in particular caught my eye. I'm sure he caught yours too. And that's simply Jalen Hurts. The guy that was known as a glorified running back playing quarterback at Alabama. You might have not heard that, but personally, that was the word and feeling I was getting. Hertz did excellent things at Alabama. He was always a good quarterback, but it's one thing to be a good quarterback and put in a system for you to succeed. And then you get those strengths exploited when it comes to you doing other things you're not comfortable with. It's looking like we can throw that um that notion out of the window because when I saw Jalen Hurts last night for Oklahoma, I saw a quarterback. Yes, it's Lincoln Riley, but he's known. He is known for producing great quarterbacks. And Jalen Hurts ran the ball quite a bit last night, but what I seen was he ran the ball when it was a design run and when he needed to. Otherwise, I saw a kid drop back, scan the field, find open wide receivers through the ball with pinpoint accuracy at the right time in the right places. You can say what you want, but after that one game right there, I think Hertz has a chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove to this country. He has something to prove to himself. He has something to prove to NFL scouts, and he definitely has something to prove to Nick Saban. Do I feel Nick Saban made the wrong decision in benching Jalen Hurts for Tua? No. Tua is a once-in-a-lifetime talent as it stands right now. That kid is amazing. You can't take anything away from him. Anything he has at this moment and he will achieve, he's earned it. But Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, we have seen a step in his development. What you saw at Alabama was not the final product. Let me read these stats to you. Last night. 20 of 23, 332 yards, three passing touchdowns, 16 carries, 176 yards, and three touchdowns. I want to say it's only two players in the past something, I don't know, 15, I don't know how many years, whatever it is, that has thrown for over 300 yards and three touchdowns and ran for another 150 and a touchdown or something like that. And those players are Jalen Hurts and Johnny Manziel. Granted, Manziel didn't translate to the NFL, but that's not the point. The point of this controversy is, is Jalen Hurts a quarterback? Does he have a future in the NFL as a quarterback? And the verdict is still out. But I will say, I'm listening to this argument now, because if you would have asked me that when he was still at Alabama, I'd tell you no, straight up, hell no. Jalen Hurts was a running back playing quarterback. The games that Bama lost or came close to losing, it was the games where he was forced to stay in the pocket and make the throws necessary to win the game. And even then, if he was capable of doing it and he did do it, he wouldn't receive as much credit because look at those wideouts that Alabama has. Look at that offensive line. It's Nick Saban. Look at the defense. They were going to win the game one way or another. But when it came to those crucial moments, Nick Saban felt it was right that Tua was the man for the job and Jalen Hurts was relegated to a backup role. And, you know, he, he took it like a champ. He showed support for Tua. You know, he waited on the sideline, but now he made the best decision for him. 
And I don't believe there's any malice or anger in his heart towards the Alabama program, but you can see the determination in his eye after that interview last night that he wanted to show people, I am a damn quarterback and I'm going to play quarterback. Oklahoma has a long season ahead. Houston is not known for having a great defense, but I was shown that Jalen Hurts does have potential to be a quarterback. We're not going to say elite, but he's definitely a quarterback. And we're going to find out one way or another throughout this season if he's one of the elite quarterbacks and does he have a future in the NFL. We will find that out this season. So give me your thoughts on how do you feel Jalen Hurts performed, which is performance was phenomenal. I don't know how you'd say anything other than that. But do you feel that it's going to be because of the system because of his success? Or do you believe he's shown he's showing the tools like he's putting on display that? No, I'm not a damn running back. I'm a quarterback. All right. Moving on, man. Moving on. We're going to talk about some more football. We're going to talk about these cowgirls out here, man. I don't know what y'all got going on. I'm going to tell you like this. Ezekiel Elliott is a damn top five. Matter of fact, top three running back in the NFL. And I'll give you my top three. I'm going to go Saquon Barkley. And number two, I'm going to go. A lot of people are going to be mad about this one, but I'm going to go Alvin Kamara. Because you know what? Kamara doesn't get enough respect. Alvin Kamara is my number two running back in the NFL. And y'all going to find out this year, the way the Saints system is set up is for Kamara to be a receiver and a running back. But now that he's going to have the workload this year, I think we're going to shut a lot of people up when he runs over a thousand yards this year, man. And probably leads the NFL in yards per carry if it's not Barkley. You'll find out. And I put Zeke at three. Todd Gurley is sitting outside four because... Although he is a great running back, the injuries, man, the injuries, he cannot stay healthy. But anyway, back to Zeke. What the hell is Dallas doing? What are y'all doing, Dallas? I swear, bro, y'all have the most incompetent front office I've ever seen in my fucking life. I don't even like Dallas. And we're now like in this age of the NFL where it's like, oh, we have a great offensive line running backs. You know, you're not a hot commodity anymore. You either take this damn money. You, you know, you got so much mileage on your legs. You're only going to last a couple of more years. We just saw it with Le'Veon Bell. He said peace. But this shit is ridiculous, man. Running backs are some of the most prized historic people in the NFL. And we have came into an age where they're legitly being treated like shit. I have never been so mad in my life, man. I used to be a running back. It's a fucking running back. Like, okay, I understand. If you have a decent offensive line, it can make any running back look great. Dallas is known for having a powerful offensive line. But Ezekiel Elliott is a transcending talent. You have good running backs, like I'd say Mark Ingram and guys like that. Let me think, man. Mark Ingram. Uh, who else? Who else we got? Um, What's his name? What's his name? Y'all know who I'm talking about. DeMarco Murray. Those are good running backs. And then you have amazing fucking running backs like Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is good. But the point I'm making is that you need him, Dallas. You need him. I'm, I'm sorry. 
Dak Prescott is a game manager. If you told me, Dak, we're going to need you to go out there and throw five touchdowns. I need you to win this game for us. I'm looking at you like, Dak ain't about to win shit for us. Now, Amari Cooper or Ezekiel Elliott, I could look at him and be like, hey, go win this damn game. Go make plays. Dak does what he does. He does not turn the ball over. He hangs in the pocket. He makes plays with his leg, and he makes the smart plays by not turning the ball over. That is a damn game manager, man. Ezekiel Elliott is your bell cow. He is the guy that's going to make that offense work. Who else is a running back for Dallas? Who else is going to go out there that you can guarantee that he's about to get you 100 yards and at least two touchdowns and is going to make those short yardage situations? You can give Ezekiel Elliott a horrible line and I guarantee you he's going to make something out of nothing. Because we just seen him with Saquon Barkley. That's the proof in the pudding right there. A good running back needs a good offensive line to work. But a transcendent top-notch running back, you can give him a shitty offensive line and it's like, hey, bro, give me the fucking rock and I'm going, I'm going to get these yards and these touchdowns. That's what Ezekiel Elliott does for you. You may not like him, but you damn sure need him. And I dare any Dallas fan to go against what I'm saying right now. Because I shit you not. If y'all start this season without Ezekiel Elliott and y'all don't have him, y'all will get y'all ass bust on the field. I promise you. You're going to see Dak Prescott looking around like all I got is Amari Cooper to throw the ball to. He going to turn around and hand the ball off to some unknown ass running back. And he's not going to do anything. Granted, Dallas has a way better defense now. And, you know, yeah, y'all got the offensive coordinator. What's his name? Oh, boy, from Boise. I think y'all do decent, but it's not going to go down how y'all think it is. It's one season where Dallas has a great year, and the next year y'all fall off. Y'all do a little bit better, and y'all fall off. And for some reason, at the end of each season, it's like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl next year. Calm y'all ass down. No, y'all not, bro. Y'all not going to the Super Bowl. Y'all are not going to the Super Bowl. It is not going to happen. It damn sure ain't happening without Ezekiel Elliott. So unless y'all get that fixed, y'all can just shut it up. Just shut the shit up. Next, the Chargers. Y'all doing the same thing. But here's the discrepancy between the Chargers and Dallas. Melvin Gordon has fumble issues and he's injured quite a bit from time to time. But they have Austin Eckler and the little running back out of Northwestern. I don't know if his name is Justin Thomas or something like that. And the Chargers have wide receivers, and they have defense. Granted, they lost Derwin James. That's that's gonna that's gonna mess them up big a little bit. But I have more faith in Phillip Rivers and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler and those guys than just looking at Dallas with fucking Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. Do you see the difference? Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Phillip Rivers, Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. That is a big fucking difference. Dallas, I'm telling y'all, get y'all shit together, man, because it's going to be the most funniest thing this season if y'all swear y'all going to be better without Zeke or y'all can do it without him. And then y'all go into the season and y'all get y'all wig split by the Giants on um, September the 8th. I'm telling y'all, y'all don't want to go down like that. You know how embarrassing it will be to see that the Giants just lost Odell Beckham and then they come in with Daniel Jones, a rookie quarterback, and him and Saquon Barkley just decimate Dallas by themselves. it'll be the most funniest thing that we possibly will see this season Jerry Jones sitting up there they say they hammering the deal out y'all better get that deal done I'm telling you y'all better give Zeke his money 
I mean, I feel like the deal they was trying to give him, though, was kind of fair. He wasn't going to be the highest paid. He'd be the second highest paid running back. But either way, whatever it takes, y'all need him. Y'all need him. If y'all let Ezekiel Elliott walk away or he does not play, bro, Dallas, y'all might as well just, like, put that season on the wrap. Put it on the wrap, bro. Next, we're going to talk about a little bit of boxing. I don't know if they got a lot of boxing fans out there, but it's some real controversial stuff that's been happening in boxing, man. And I'm not talking about like the deaths or anything like that. I'm not talking about um Anthony Joshua, which we might talk about him. But if you pay attention to the lightweight division, some words were said between Timothy Bradley and Andre Ward yesterday on the pound for pound race. And that is about a particular Ukrainian fighter who's at the pinnacle of the sport and a lot of people believe he's ranked number one. And that is Vasily Lomachenko. I don't know if y'all know who Lomachenko is. He's called The Matrix. He's an excellent fighter. I've seen him fight. Very crafty fellow. Top-notch skills. But you knew there was a button there. Why is Lomachenko being considered the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter? We're going to point out a couple of things at first. His resume. He just fought someone named Luke Campbell the other day. At this moment, I'll give you a couple of seconds or maybe even a, a damn minute. Does anyone know who Luke Campbell is? Anybody? Okay, we don't know who Luke Campbell is. It was a pretty good fight in which Lomachenko won by unanimous decision. I want to say they gave Luke Campbell one or two rounds, but based on the fight that I saw and from what people were saying... Luke Campbell actually hurt Vasil Lomachenko a couple of times, and he might have stolen three to four rounds. Granted, he got pounded in the end. That's what Lomachenko does to people. He break them down. Um, he had one good fight that I did expect to be a good fight, and that was against Guillermo Rigondeaux, who's almost pushing 40 years old if he's not 40. And then I want to say Rigondeaux came up at least 12 pounds to fight Lomachenko. If you're not in the boxing world, that's a very big difference. I'll tell you what. You go outside right now and find somebody you think is at least 15 pounds bigger than you and you try to fight them and you see how one of those punches feel. You might win, but just let me know how it feels to get punched by somebody 15 pounds heavier than you. Rigondeaux was a great Olympic fighter, one of the top fighters, and he got decimated by Lomachenko. Actually, I want to say it was a no-mas. He quit. He quit on the stool, which was very embarrassing. This is the skill of Lomachenko, but we're not denying the skill here. We're denying the bias of the sport to rank him number one pound for pound when you have guys under him that have way better resumes, have been doing it longer, and better records. Okay, Vasil Lomachenko is 13-1 with 10 KOs. This guy was able to get a championship fight coming out of the amateurs, I want to say, like in his second, his second fight. When have you ever heard of a guy turning pro fighting one person it might have been his first fight let's just say let's just say you come out of the pros right now um out of the amateurs as a boxer in your first fight is a championship fight for a belt who who the fuck do you have to know to get that pulled off who i, I would like to know that's like if i just threw my name into the damn nfl draft and then you know miami dolphins number one pick Derek thomas didn't play football but we heard he's a good player kind of shit is that bruh he's 13 and 1 with 10 KOs with a loss to Salito another fighter who people don't know do you believe legitly believe he he's the unified lightweight champion now he has all the belts but 
Who has he won those belts from? It's like these Lomachenko stands, they probably gonna get all on this video. I'm not denying how good he is, but I'm asking you, how is he number one pound for pound at 13 and one with 10 KOs? He has a loss to Salito, a guy who he, he claimed, and I quote, he didn't see the benefit in fighting him again. So you're undefeated and you claim to be the best in the world in the one person that beat you. You don't see the benefit in them going avenge that loss. You ask anybody on this damn planet if they have one loss and they've beaten everybody else convincingly and they want to prove they're the best. You ask them if they want to fight that one person that beat them and I guarantee you'll get a resounding yes. Who the hell wouldn't want to fight the one person that gave them the one L in their record? The fuck out of here, man. Anyways, he's 13-1, 10 KOs, unified lightweight champion and then you got guys like Timothy Bradley who I respected at one point up there sucking up talking about oh man he's he's number one pound for pound and like look at all the belts and stuff and like that's not exactly what he said he elaborated a lot better than that and then you got guys like Andre Ward like Tim Terrence Crawford is 35 and 0 with 20 26 KOs in the welterweight division just blasted Amir Khan glass chin self April 20th Terrence Crawford got way better people on his resume than Vasil Lomachenko. And let's just say for the sake of the argument that their resume is the exact same. And I ask y'all a question. Do you want somebody number one pound for pound? And what that means is no matter what weight class we're talking about, who's the best fighter in the world? Okay, same resume. They fought the exact same people, whatever, some of the same people. Are you taking the motherfucker that's 13 and 1 with 10 KOs that's scared to fight the person? that beat him already or are you taking a person that's 35 and 0 with 26 KOs and no one has even came close to beating him as the number one pound for pound fighter I'm taking Terrence fucking Crawford bro and even if it's not Crawford let's say for the sake of the argument is not Terrence Crawford Canelo Alvarez who I like but he seems to be running from people too shout out to the Charlo twins out there in Houston man Charlo has been asking for Canelo Alvarez. Boo Boo Andrade has been asking for Canelo Alvarez. And somehow this motherfucker vacates a belt and then gets another belt just named to give to him. And was in looking, trying to fight Triple G again. Or, um, who is it? Dervinchenko? Something like that. Another Ukrainian fighter. He's looking at people like that. He's looking at Jamie Monguya. Motherfucker, fight the people that's in front of you, that's gunning for you. If you supposedly one of the best fighters around, and you claim to be that, you know, with Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy and all this, this promotional BS. Why are you vacating a belt that would give you a mandatory challenge of somebody that you're supposed to fight if you claim you're the best and then go fight somebody that no one wants to see you fight at least again? But yes, even Canelo Alvarez at 52-1-2 with 35 KOs is a better pound-for-pound champion than Vasil Lomachenko. Y'all see what I'm getting at? This is not slander or hate towards Lomachenko, but if you're going to talk about sports, at least be logical about these damn arguments. You can love him. He's a great fighter. We're not arguing it. His resume and him being number one pound for pound, that's very debatable. So what's it to you, man? Tim Bradley, get your shit together, bro. And quit ass kissing out there, bro. Come up like with a better argument. Errol Spence. Personally, my favorite fighter, even if it has a better argument, is pound for pound over 
Vasil Lomachenko. Errol Spence, 25 and 0, 21 KOs. We want the fight um to happen with Terrence Bud Crawford next, but I don't believe that's gonna happen. Errol Spence should be fighting Sean Porter next, I believe. For some reason, it hasn't been confirmed on the site. It says to be announced, but I'm pretty sure that fight is confirmed. And now we have two people. Is it two or three? I think it's two people that's calling out Vasil Lomachenko. We're going to see what's happening. I don't know if you know Javante Tank Davis, hard-hitting Tank Davis. He actually just vacated his belt to move up to Vasil Lomachenko's weight class. And Tank look like, looks like he can walk around at about 140. So that's an option on the table. And apparently Manny Pacquiao, I didn't hear about this when this is unconfirmed, but Manny Pacquiao apparently wants Vasil Lomachenko. And if you want to talk about somebody that's won a whole bunch of unified titles, and is a Hall of Famer that came all the way down from the lightweight class and moved up to super welterweight and he's winning belts. He just beat Keith Thurman. That's a fucking pound for pound champion. Manny Pacquiao. We talking about beats of that. Not somebody that's 13 and one that's just been getting fed championship fights since they jumped right in the ring and has a resume full of people who I don't know except one person and will refuse to fight the one person that has beat them already. And then you have Bradley once again, Richard Comey, and Tiafimo Lopez, no match for Lomachenko. And you know what? I agree after I seen Lopez fight, he'll get dusted by Lomachenko. He needs he has the power, but he just looked real bad in this last fight. And Richard Comey, I don't know, man. I think I think Comey got a punch his chance. That's all you need. But once again, he's not my pound for pound number one. We'll see how that goes. Uh, another thing we want to talk about in boxing, Anthony Joshua versus Andrew Ruiz. If you go back and look at that fight, I called it. We knew Ruiz had a chance of beating Joshua. A lot of people didn't know him. People stopped looking at boxers' physiques and thinking, you know, that's the reason why they're going to win or lose. Yes, Anthony Joshua is built like a bodybuilder, but he's so vulnerable the way he fought. If he would have kept using his jab, he would have won. But the moment he decided to brawl with Ruiz, we knew it was over. Ruiz will have to um, do a little bit of weight shedding for this fight and become more agile because he ate a whole bunch of punches to the face. AJ knows he can't brawl with him now because if he eats that punch again, it's over. But it should be another great fight. But um, I actually think Anthony Joshua is going to regain his belt. But the reason why I'm getting on AJ is because AJ's stands are kind of the same as Vasil Lomachenko's. Y'all talk about him being such a great fighter in this and now he finally got his ass bust. And it's like, oh, you know, they kind of everybody loses and stuff. But I, I don't want to hear that, bro, because he's been running away from Tyson Fury and he's been running away from DeAndre Wilder. That fight right there proved to me what everybody else knew. He's big and tough, but I've seen him hurt a couple of times. And what's crazy is he got up from the Ruiz punch. If he eats a punch like that from Deontay Wilder, he's out of there. And then he's so stiff. Tyson Fury is the most agile, quickest big man I've seen since Ali. And I've only seen Ali on tape. I didn't personally get to watch Muhammad Ali, but Tyson Fury can freaking box, man. He can freaking box. We're going to see what happens. This could be, you know, it could be some more excitement in the heavyweight division if he retains his, um, if he regains his belt, or it could possibly be the end of his damn career. Because once he loses to Andrew Reeves again, hypothetically, who's to say Tyson Fury and um, Deontay Wilder are going to, they're going to fight him after that. That could be the end of that one, man. So, some other issues that um, we're going to talk about. I'm a huge LSU fan, a little bit biased on this. I want to talk about the LSU offense and the preview for the Texas game. That's going to be the biggest game coming up this weekend. So, 
we saw LSU introduce a new spread um, RPO concept offense. Joe Brady used to work with the Saints. He's came to LSU and he transformed the offense. So many times we've heard we weren't going to see a high-powered LSU offense. Because how many times did Les Miles say he was going to change? And even within the first year, always on hard, like hired Matt Canada or something like that. And that was a fail. But we finally got to see what it looks like when you put a bunch of talented athletes in open space and allow them to make plays. It's a simplified scheme that Burrow has been running since he was a kid, and it looked great. Now, we know what they did Saturday, but the question is, can they do it this Saturday in Austin against Texas Longhorns? Man, I've been receiving so much shit talking about Texas back and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I don't have anything against the Texas Longhorns. Actually, the only team in Texas I despise, which everyone can agree with me, would be Texas A&M. Fuck the Aggies. Nobody likes them. But it's going to be an excellent game this Saturday. Can we show off that offense against Texas? How will Sam Ellinger look against an LSU defense? I truly believe it's it's going to be a real good game, but I have LSU winning in Austin. Once again, that may be the bias in me, but from what I've seen from both of our teams, I'm not sure Texas is ready for our new look offense, which apparently we didn't unveil too much. And I feel like we have the speed and the strength on our whole line to just keep Sam Ellinger in check. With that being said, Texas has some great wide receivers, but we're talking about DBU here. Colin Johnson could be a matchup nightmare at 6'6", 221, man. He's a beast with speed. You got Devin DuVernay. Texas, Texas really has some weapons, but once again, I just feel like overall, LSU should be able to get this done. Can't let Ellinger beat, her with his, beat, um, beat us with his legs. We're going to um, put some pressure on him, force him to make some throws downfield, and uh, I believe it'll be an interception fest for LSU. Maybe one or two picks, house a couple of other ones. I think our offense will do good enough. So, with everything we talked about today, I want to know your thoughts and opinions on this first episode. It's going to get better and better, man. This is something I'm just trying out. I had another podcast kind of watched that I want to lean more towards this sports talk. What's it to you with your boy Deuce Thomas? If you ever want to feature in on the show, you can follow me on Twitter at DSaucino. That's D underscore S-A-U-C-I-N-H-O. Or you can hit me up in my email. That's deucer 2 at yahoo.com. I really want to grow this show big. It's on Anchor. Follow the podcast. Listen in. You can leave a comment. Whatever you feel is controversial. Hey, man, that's sports. We can argue as long as we do it respectfully. So just give me your thoughts on this. What do you think? I should like what direction should I go in? What sports do you want to hear? What else do you want to see me cover? Because we can talk basketball. We can talk football. Maybe a little bit of baseball. We're going to talk boxing. We're going to talk UFC. Yeah, we may even talk some tennis. So, first episode of What's It To You? It's your boy Deuce Thomas. I'm out of here until next time.